0: Thank you, Trevor, Carmen, uh, and Vivi, for uh, reading the scripture and then also lighting the Advent candle. So, Advent candles, we're in the season of Advent. Uh, that is a, a season of Christian tradition. You know, interestingly, we, we kind of do the reverse now uh, in, our, in our culture because throughout centuries of history, the season of Advent, which Advent literally means to wait, to wait on the Lord, waiting. And so there was the idea that in, in the darkest part of the year, and, and possibly in dark seasons in your life, uh, you would like sit with the Lord uh, and wait in, in silence, um, sometimes in solitude. But there was, this, there was this idea that, you know, the Lord had not yet come, and you would wait for him, and then you'd have Christmas and you'd celebrate his coming and the whole, the 12 days of Christmas, uh, you know that song? You know, I mean, I, you know I love Christmas songs. The 12 days of Christmas actually starts Christmas Day and goes through January 6th. My point being, we do the reverse. Uh, often throughout the centuries, Christmas, you know, like the parties would happen the 12 days after Christmas Day. Uh, And now they happen, you know, the 60 days before Christmas Day, really. And then it kind of shuts down and and we kind of wait on the Lord because all of our celebrations are over. But historically, this season, Advent, was to to wait on the Lord uh, even when you didn't feel the presence of the Lord or see the actions of the Lord in your life. Yet you knew, or you know, that the Lord was at work and that he, uh, he was there. And so for this season, I hope that we think about watching and waiting uh, for the Lord. Uh, the idea that regardless of where you are or, or where your, your family is or your kids are or your marriage is or, or your job is or your lack of a job is, that maybe you might open your eyes, what we say, see a big God, watch and wait uh, for the Lord. Now, now, that requires great faith, okay, which is what I want to be talking about today. Because often, I mean, I love Christmas, but look, not everybody loves Christmas. Uh, many of you probably love Christmas. Many of you may not. I mean, you may put on a real good mask, uh, and, and you may be experiencing uh, dark times, uh, in the midst of the holidays, or you may have experienced dark times, and like the uh, all the the happiness, or maybe it's contrived happiness, contrived. Sorry, it's a big means like kind of you know you're forcing it or even faking it to happen. It brings back painful memories. Uh, many of us have uh, have lost loved ones over this last year. I mean, I, my grandfather passed away. Many of y'all. Uh, uh, or many that you know, you know it's the first Christmas without a loved one. So you're like, you're almost like, can I just get through uh, this this time? And so it can be, it can be like spiritually, emotionally, just that it is physically outside, like the darkest time of the year, can be the darkest time in your life. So my challenge for for me and for us, do we watch and wait uh, for the Lord? Because and that takes great faith. That takes a faith that would say even in the darkest time, even in the darkest uh, nights, season, seasons of our life, the Lord is working, or the Lord is doing something, uh, if we call ourselves by his name, and the Lord is Christ, if we call ourselves Christians, so are we watching and waiting for the Lord? You know, one of the most powerful, one of the most powerful things that's ever been said to me in my life, and, and I keep hearkening, to use a, you know, hearken, that Christmas word, hearken back to it in my mind. Uh, a man, I'm not going to say his name, many of you know him here. He doesn't go to this church. He's a friend, goes to another church, leader there. But he lost a son, and I was going through the funeral line and came up to him, and, you know, you don't know exactly. I mean, like, even, you know, pastor, Christian guy that, that I am or that we are, it's, it's tough to know what to say always. And I got to him, and I hugged him. And his, he had just lost his son, and his son's in a coffin there beside him. He just said, "You know, I keep thinking, what is the Lord saying in this?" I'll never forget that. What is the Lord saying in this? Isn't it like I know He's at work. I know He's doing something. I know He's telling me something. What is He saying in this? Um, very, uh, I think it's very rare to find an attitude like that. Yes, he was grieving. Yes, he's still grieving. But he had this faith that was, was past grief. So I want to talk about faith today, and, and I would start it off by saying what we have. And I say what we have because I do think many of you have faith. I mean, in our culture, in our context, you're here at church. Uh, you, I think you believe. I think many of you, I wouldn't say all of you, but I think many of you are what we would call saved. So you have faith, and you know or you've been taught or you heard somewhere that all it takes to be saved is to believe. So just believe. It's nothing uh, that you do, which is the truth, the gospel, or part of the gospel. It's grace. Just believe in what Jesus has done on the cross for you. So I think many of you have faith. It is something that we have to have to be Christian. Uh, It is saving faith. It is a faith of salvation. However, there's also something I believe that many of us here lack. And it's the same thing, or the same word. I think many of us lack faith as well. Now, this is a different type of faith, okay? I mean, faith, you could say, generally is the same, but there's faith to believe in Christ, say, hey, I'm a Christian. But what I see in many people's lives, and I see it in my own heart, is the lack of a, let's call it a sustaining faith. Okay, because there are three things that are really, really tough in life. One of them is just the world and the competing forces of peer pressure or job pressure uh, or social pressure or financial pressure or relationship pressure. So there's just a world going on. Then there's this little thing that's a big thing called sin that's always working in our hearts. And then there's this little guy or big guy called the devil or the adversary. Those three things are always working against each of us in this house. The world, sin, and the adversary, the devil. So that makes the pressures mount day by day, week by week. And so it can be difficult, even if we have saving faith, to maintain sustaining faith in the midst of that. What is sustaining faith? I would say What I've already talked about that, even in the darkest seasons of your life, Even when you have a kid estranged or a kid looking like they're going to be estranged or severe relational fracturing, you say, what's God doing here? Even in the midst of death, you say, where is God right now? I don't necessarily see him, but I know he's there and I know he's at work. Are you watching and waiting for the Lord? Uh, Are you seeing a big God as in, like, even though I can't really like see him, I know he's at work, I know he's I know he's at work and at play, and he's doing something, and that uh, and that he's teaching me something. And you have this overarching faith of your life that you know there is a plan, and if you're Christian, all things are working together for good, and that there is a a purpose and destiny that you have. That as long as you follow the Lord and grow a sustaining faith, He's going to bring it out. And it's probably not on our timing. Well, I know it's pretty much not on our timing, okay? And it may not even be in our sights, but it will be revealed. So I think something we lack is a, is a faith, a sustaining faith. I believe that real faith, and when I mean real faith, not just to believe and you're saved, but a faith to sustain and to grow, uh, it's about two things. It's acceptance and action. Both of them, acceptance and action. And I believe the reason we read these passages, I mean, it's a beautiful story. The nativity story starts really Matthew 1, Luke 1. So we're moving towards the manger. It's a beautiful story. at the same time, I believe Mary shows us an example of, of faith or belief of acceptance. Maybe I'd call that accepting faith. And that Joseph shows us a faith or belief in action. And we've got to have both, and we really got to think about fusing those together. So I want to highlight this, and I'm probably going to spend more time with, with Mary uh, than Joseph. I don't know, we'll see, but I, I'm going to spend uh, some time here with Mary because I think, it is, I think it's very important what, uh, what is going on here in Luke 1. Uh, so first off, we see an accepting faith. We see acceptance uh, in Mary's life. First thing, Gabriel comes to her, okay? And, and you need to know this. We saw this last week. Gabriel came to Zechariah. Uh, now, he did it then, Gabriel that is, and literally brought Zechariah to his knees. The same with Daniel. We alluded to that in Daniel chapter 9. So I think here, Gabriel comes, in my opinion, in a little softer way. I mean, it's not all kind of flames and, and, and maybe the, the boldness which I think angels can have. But I hear—I think it was a soft, gentle approach to Mary. Uh, she was very, very young. Uh, most scholars have her about 14. Some, and I know this sounds crazy, even have her at 12, okay? But let's just say 14 or 12 to 14 if you'd like to. So it's, it's interesting, you know, you miss so much, and Luke, as, as a physician, gave uh, phenomenal details. Uh, I love Luke and uh, and but phenomenal details. You know, it says he came to Galilee. That's important. Because Galilee was like looked down upon by Judea. Where God had always worked in the Old Testament and where the Davidic kingdom was located. He didn't go there. He went to uh, the poor part of the country, Galilee. He didn't go to Jerusalem. He went to Nazareth. Uh, Nathaniel, one of Jesus' disciples, says later on, Is anything good ever come out of Nazareth? Well, yeah, we know. But I mean, that's a direct quote in John uh, that Nathaniel says Jesus comes out of Nazareth. So he goes to Nazareth. He does not go to, uh, you know, to a, a high family uh, in in the court. Uh, whether that be, you know, it could have been in Rome. It could have been in in the temple in, in Jerusalem. No, he came to Mary. Came to Mary's home. Mary was a person again, fourteen, maybe twelve. I mean, she was looking at a life where she would marry uh, poorly, okay, and have probably a lot of kids and not really travel very far outside of Nazareth, and die uh, a poor uh, lady like thousands of others uh, across the course of, well, the Bible and history. I mean, that was, that was her life. But she had something where she was chosen. Because Gabriel says, he says, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is, is with you. Uh, what did she have? I think this ties to what is accepting faith. What is this belief of acceptance that you gotta ha- you've got to have, we've got to have. And it's really humility. Humility. I'm going to list four things, four things that Mary has that ties to a, an accepting faith, a f- belief of acceptance. And the first is, is just humility. I mean, she's, she's got to be a humble, needy person, who she is, what she was born into. But her whole, the whole example in Luke 1 is, that, uh, is an example of humility. Uh, from not being just totally bowled over by the angel. So I think there was this, this serenity to her where she engaged the, the angel totally unlike Zechariah. And also if you read back in Daniel, totally unlike Daniel. So there was this humble strength in her where she engaged uh, with Gabriel. So she wasn't like on her knees or crying or, or afraid at the same time. She was in need of the Lord. So there was this humility, and I would say that for us, man. You know, the birth of the Savior, if you've experienced that birth in your life, and I'm not talking about nativity story, I'm talking about your heart, then you should have been humble at the beginning, as in you should have been needy because God comes to the needy, and it's very, very tough. I'm not going to say he does it. but it's very, very tough for him to come to the proud. So if you're in the, in here or out in the world, like, you know, man, I'm good, I got it, you know, I can take care about everything, and you're looking for God at the same time, you know, there may be something that happens to you that God will use to bring you to your needs and your need for him. So there's humility here. There's also in Mary and for us in in terms of accepting our position in life and accepting our need for him, there's also a reflection and even a meditation that she shows or Luke alludes to where she says she's deeply troubled, and she's wondering what kind of greeting uh, this would be. To have an accepting faith, you know your need, and you would reflect and meditate. This is really important, and this may either go in one ear or out the other or right over you. But you've got to reflect and meditate on God's Word, and whether that be in the church, uh, in the home, in a group, uh, with uh, a mentor, and, and I'd prefer all of the above. But you got to take time to say, I need the Lord. I am humble in spirit. And God's given me this word, and he's given me the power of prayer. And i got to wonder, and i got to reflect, and i got to consider what God is doing here and take time with him. So you accept what the Lord's given you. You accept that he's available. You accept uh, your place. You accept God's word as truth, even if you can't always figure out or even understand it but you accept it, and you believe uh, that God can do anything at any time. I believe that. I've told many of you that. I believe God's possible of restoring any relationship. I believe God's possible of building anything he wants to build, grow anything he wants to grow, do anything in your life, opening up doors when he sees fit. I mean, he's, he's got, he can, he can do Anything at any time. And so Mary here, he, she does show this belief, and it's by a question. She says, how can this be? And obviously the Virgin Mary says, I have not had sexual relations with a man. This was so, we alluded to this last week about Zechariah's question and then Mary's question. Basically the same thing. Zechariah gets his mouth shut. Uh, but Mary, you know, continues just rolling on in this favored conversation with the angel. I believe that because that's, I believe that's a believing question. As in, like, her heart, she, she has this, and she, look, she's probably illiterate. She probably knows no scripture. There is something, a gift God's given her where she's like, she believes God can do anything. She's like, well, how can this be? It's not saying it can't be. It's saying, I know it can be. I wonder how it's going to be. And so, with, with all of us, I don't know where all you are in life, but be it a relationship, family, you know, looking towards Christmas, Maybe dreading Christmas, maybe in a state of depression, Uh, maybe in a season of depression looking into 2019. You know, do you believe what we say here? Not just me, other elders or or leaders or folks like Hunter to the youth. Do you believe, you know, all things work together for good? Do you believe what we say? See a big God. Go out, love the other person. God can do anything. That all things are working for good. Do you believe that? I say that, I emphasize that because that is that is our faith. If you don't have that faith, I want you to grow in that faith. But I would pray to awaken that uh, every every time we communicate or we gather that God can do anything. So many are despondent. So many don't have sustaining faith. Uh, so many mistakes, saving faith with sustaining faith. Mary here's this example, I believe, of saving faith and sustaining faith. She believes. And then she shows her belief, most of all, she says, I'm the Lord's servant. How, however you see fit, however you want to draw it up. She could have said, no thanks. She could have said, no thanks. That, you know, however you want to map it out, plan it out, I'm in and, and I'll follow. And I don't know the way. She submitted. What is accepting faith? What is sustaining faith? Well, humility, reflection, that belief. And then that submission, submitting to the Lord. Have you said ever in your life? And I'm talking, I believe, to a lot of Christians. But have you ever said, you know, I am the Lord's servant. Be it with me as you will. Uh, I mean, if you have not, and if you, if you, I mean, if you don't take that, or I don't know if you, I don't know if I don't think a hundred percent of people in here take gathering seriously. But I would i think there's nothing more important for me for for all of us to say at a point you know i'm the lord's servant be as it as you as you would see fit okay let's move to joseph as we do thank y'all for uh those of y'all i know y'all are talking about the air i'm cold so i know if i'm cold it's cold okay <laughs> so i don't know what anybody gotta do but uh I see you fidget, I don't just look out at the wall, okay? Um, I know when you're tracking with me, and I know when you gossip, and I know when, uh, or at least up here, I don't really know otherwise. But uh, hey, can we, somebody address that? Um, and look, we can't control it, but you know, at the same time, look, we're, we're also a community, and we need to, uh, you know, I say that believing that, you know, we're here, like, and nobody Uh, I say that in humility. We're definitely not a perfect church. So the heat or the air is probably, we're like, well, it's definitely not right. Yep, it probably won't be. But I don't want you to just believe in stuff like that. Like that's a great example of like, you might have more faith in in a broken church than in a great God who can work through a broken church and a broken life. I don't know, just saying. Uh, I I know I felt that way before. um, And I'm not just talking about pre bellwether either. Okay, um, Matthew 1, because I want to uh, address Matthew. But, uh, you know, if Mary has a faith of acceptance and belief, Matthew has a faith of action. And I'm going to get to address him really briefly, but then we've got to fuse these two together. And I love that word, fuse. Matthew's a man of action. Um, you, could say, you could say, yeah, he's a man, so he's going to act more and Mary's going to accept more. I'm not going to say that because I think there are a lot of great uh, women who can act in, in mighty ways, and, and some men who are just examples of acceptance. Uh, at the same time, we see this, this example of faith by action in Matthew's life. And, and so just real quick, first off, it's verse 18 through 25. And it says he was a righteous man, verse 19. And he found out that she was pregnant, and yet he was engaged to her. And so, look at this, he's a man of action because immediately he already says, or in his mind says to himself, hey, I'm going to do the honorable thing, I'm going to do the right thing, Uh, you know, I'm going to secretly separate, I I don't want to give her, or or maybe he's thinking about himself too, probably is, a a black eye, but, you know, let her go, something happened, you know, I'm not going to carry on hate, bitterness, I mean, he's trying to do the right thing because he's a righteous man. And he was acting already saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let her, let her go. Okay? So he's got this faith, and he's believing he's doing the right thing. You know, that's, so, that's an example too. Often we can be moving through life, and we're totally believing we're doing the right thing Yet there may be a selfish motive behind it. Let me say this again. We are maybe fooling ourselves that we're doing the right thing, but there's really a selfish motive behind it because Matthew already saw the writing of the wall, okay? Young girl, pregnant, uh, not going to help the carpentry business, probably, in this little town where everybody talks and gossips, okay? And let's just try to rectify this somehow, and, you know, I can go on and, and have the family of my dreams, and not have to raise a kid that's not my home, okay? So yeah, he's a man of faith, man of action, but, you know, there could be selfish motives behind our actions. So what happens? Well, angel comes to him in a dream. I think this is fascinating too, and you may be like, man, I disagree with this, but what if he's acting so much that he never takes any time to reflect on, I don't know, God's Word, Old Testament, never ta- never just really it takes time to sit still and listen to God and God says, I got to get something in his mind so I got to shut him down and that happens when he's asleep and then I'll come to him. I don't know. That's pure speculation but he did come to him while he was dreaming, okay, and Mary while she was awake. So maybe he's just acting all the time and never can sit still. I don't know if this connects, or you're tracking with me, anybody out here, but if you don't sit still, you know. I don't know. I mean, maybe God might not come to you in a dream, but you may not hear what he's got to say. So, Matthew, is so, I just see him as so action oriented that God said, I got to speak to him in a dream. But what he says is, and I love this don't be afraid. Why would Matthew be afraid? Why would he be afraid? Uh, I've already alluded to some of it, highlighted it. You know, Mary pregnant, um, small town. I mean, every everywhere in Mississippi, small town. Uh, Yeah, I mean, this is don't kid ourselves, small town here. Um, Gossip, really. I mean, trying to grow a carpentry business, probably. Um, You know, afraid of what people would think. Afraid, man, how's this going to work? I got to take a girl on. She's pregnant. Not my kid raising. I'd be afraid. Angel says, "Don't be afraid." He tells Joseph who Jesus will be, God with us. And I, just, I love verse 24, it's very simple. He woke up, he did as the Lord's angel had commanded him. He's such a man of action, that, and I think he has great faith in God chose Joseph because he was a man of action and, and gifted him with that, and, and he went and he acted. So, so I'd say this, we close up here. First off, for us, If you look at Mary, and I really believe there's this humble accepting spirit, a faith of acceptance in Joseph, this faith of action. And I think when we truly believe, and we believe with a sustaining faith that sustains us through dark seasons... We have both this acceptance and this action, and they're fused together. And I think the danger is when we veer to one or the other too much, or we just live in acceptance or live in action. Like, what are you talking about here? Well, I'll give you an example. Uh, those who live in a faith of acceptance are like, hey, man, I got it. I'm saved. You know, they never say this with the back of their mind. Like, you know, you should really kind of be thanking me that I'm here. I mean, I'm good, dude, and, and I'm here, and I'll serve. And I'm not saying you're not saved. But I am saying that you're kind of just, you know, sitting there in your uh, acceptance and maybe it's, it's gotten to a point where the Lord can't grow you uh, any further because you're not acting. A faith of acceptance, it doesn't just lead to contentment, it leads to complacency. It's this idea of just, man, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, dude, I'm good. Christmas coming up, I'm I'm fine. I don't think God. I don't think God thinks any one of us is ever fine. I mean, I hope I'm. I hope I, mean, I hope every believer that, that I ever pastor myself too. You know, the day before we meet Him, you know, we're at our highest point of growth for the kingdom. And I think God keeps wanting to stretch us, and for us to um, grow the sustaining faith by Him through Him. So I think it's wonderful to accept, and it's wonderful to be content. But we have to, you know, be awakened that that can lead to, if we just stay there, can lead to a complacency with our life, with our family, with our kids, with our church, um, with what God has for you in life, anything. The other danger is over here on action. uh, This would be the, you know, man, I got it. I got it. Don't worry. I'm good. I'm a, you know, get her done guy or gal. You know, I'll do it. I got it. Taken care of. But the danger in that area is that it leads to a state of self-righteousness. You're good at doing, and you're good at getting things done. You will take care of it. But you kind of live there, uh, and you don't always accept your humble condition. You don't always accept uh, God wanting to speak to you in God's word. Uh, and it actually leads to a lack of belief in God. Because you know you can do it. So who needs God if you can? And you can get it done. And you get to a point of the pride where you're like, I mean, you would say, I mean, you would say in Jackson, Mississippi, you're the Lord's servant. You might not say it in like Boston, Massachusetts or India or somewhere like that where you're not getting kudos for like, I'm the Lord's servant, okay? You stay in the action place, it leads to, um, it leads to this place of self-righteousness. You gotta be aware of that. So they need to be fused together, both uh, believing faith is both acceptance and action. How can we do that? Well, like all things, we see it in Jesus. But that's not a cliche. Jesus Christ accepted first. Somewhere back uh, before all that we know in the world history was created. Somewhere back, the second person of the Trinity, the second person of the Trinity, the Son of God, who became Jesus, but Jesus was earthly name. Somewhere way back in the, in the maybe, I mean before, before we can even conceive of it, second person of Trinity knew the plan and everything and and accepted his role that he would be the one to to come down and be the creator would become the created for a time. He accepted that role. The Garden of Gethsemane. You know, it's interesting, two gardens in the Bible, Garden of Eden, Garden of Gethsemane, Garden of Gethsemane. He accepted. He said, not my will, your will. I accept your will see the model of acceptance in faith. And we see the model of action. Because he said, every sin, the innate sin in the heart, the actions of sin that that spew out of that, every sin across history, nail it to me. Nail your sin to me. Across time and across history. And he acted. And he took that on. He's the model of faith. Faith that accepts. Faith that acts together. What might we look like? It, it does look different when you live in this way. Uh, I, I highlight grow three, and I'm going to keep highlighting it and use that word again, hearkening back to it over and over again, because I think the Lord wants to grow us in three ways. But it looks different with a different type of faith, as in like this believing faith, this sustaining faith. A, a faith in growing people, it starts with yourself. And all of us, so that's me included, see a humble need For the Lord. Uh, A need that can manifest itself in communion. That we don't just do communion coming up here in a minute or two in some rote way. Uh, A need to grow in the Lord. uh, Regardless of church. Regardless of church temperature. uh, And that can be an emotional temperature or a physical temperature. Okay? And we need to grow. But it also it's this accepting face of growing people that God's called you to a place. And every person in your life has been brought there for a significant reason, not just your kids, not just your spouse, and I, but people in your church body uh, that you don't even know. The reason I say, man, consider even just like doing a poinsettia in honor of somebody you might be overlooked because like God's put that person in your life. Maybe you should consider it. Maybe let's get out of our, our comfort zones and say, yeah, God's going to grow me. Uh, God's going to grow you before you would grow uh, other people in your life or other people in your church. And then you act and you do things. So a great action would be like a poinsettia in honor of someone who's like, you know, that person might just always be overlooked. I'm going to intentionally like watch our congregation and, and, you know, just try to notice people who, I don't know, who need, I need a handshake or a, a pat on the back. Um, but that every person in your life, so that means everybody here, has been brought here for a reason. I believe that. Not just brought here for a reason, brought into your life for a reason. Growth, three and giving. We've highlighted all these, but we're gonna highlight them again. That everything you have, your gifts, uh, your time, your your home, your your blessings, your families, everything that you have has been given to you as a gift by God. So you can say, it's all yours, Lord. So I can give back and I can have faith that it's gonna be used in great ways for your kingdom, for this city, for ministries in this church, outside of this church, Uh, kids in Malawi, a bag, uh, mission trips going on, Buildings coming up, buildings renovated, I mean, I just believe. So you accept that he's given it to you, and then you act by giving back. It's a different type of faith. And then going, a believing, a sustaining faith, a faith of acceptance and action is one where you begin to see that God has put you on this planet to be sent. So you first accept that. He's put you here to be sent and not just content. And when you begin accepting that, then you're going to look for more opportunities to go. And I'm not just talking about nations here, but yes, that, but just neighbors. And, and Christmas, this time where, you don't, I mean, we, we are in a mask world culture, and you don't know, uh, one of the greatest, I don't know who said it, was, just be kind. You don't know uh, the journey or the battle that other person's facing. Just be kind. But Christmas is an opportunity to invite, to show, to share the love of Christ. So I don't know if you see it, but when you have this faith of acceptance and act, it's, it's a different life. It's a different deal. that's what I want for you. That's what I want for this church. And how we can begin uh, again, and whether you prefer to or not, but is with communion. So that, that is an act of acceptance. So it's not just like, hey, we're doing it to just, I don't know, kind of be traditional in like a modern way. No, okay? Or it's like it's a good way to have people stand and pray and get, no. Or it's a good way to kind of have the offering without like passing the plate. No, that's not why we do that, okay? Uh, we do it because there, there is this thing going on where we, what is supposed to happen, that we humbly accept our need for the Lord. And we see the Lord in the, in the bread and the cup, the body and the blood. And we humbly, we act, we come forward, we receive it, so we accept it. And then we act in in prayer uh, and or in giving. And so we accept our humble state, we accept our need, we act on that, we pray, we return to our seats, we worship, we should worship, maybe worship in your hearts. This is a model that we're about to go through of a faith of acceptance and action combined. I would love for you to just consider it. I would love for you to uh, really live into it because you need it. Uh, whether you, you realize it or not, and some of you really did. like some of you really like I know really listen to me. Others are here, and, and you may be here because you, know, you feel like you have to, but we all need it. And my prayer is that the Lord works on your heart, manifests in your heart, to change your life. And yes, whether you're like rock solid star Christian, he, you, you still need to be changed. I know I need to be changed up until I meet the Lord. And He keeps changing us, and there are going to be dark times, and this may be a dark time and a dark season. But the God has given us the gift of faith, and that is accepting our need and acting upon it. Let's do it now, Heavenly Father. Thank you for that gift. Man, it is so—it's—it's so—it's—it's uh, it's so good. The gift of of Your grace. We just have to receive it, accept it, and then when we do so, we can move forward. We act in accepting it. At the same time, accepting it, we, we see that we're called to go and to act. And so I pray pray for these folks that uh, in the midst of our saving faith, we would know that you sustain us and you would grow in us this sustaining faith. Because uh, there are folks going through tough times today and, and this week and, and this Christmas season. I just pray that you would uh, you would awaken in them the love you have and that they can be uh, they can be at peace. They can have your love. And, and a real joy, a deep joy, supernatural joy, that all things one day are going to be worked out. We're going to see your plan. I pray that now as we come to your table. In Jesus' name, amen.